past few weeks have seen a variety of news on the labor front. Several Wisconsin unions have filed a lawsuit in state Supreme Court seeking to restore collective bargaining rights for public sector workers. There's still several strikes continuing around the state and labor organizations speak out against neo-Nazis marching on the Capitol. Here with an update is Kevin Gunlock, president of the South Central Federation of Labor. Kevin, welcome back to the Ed Collect Buzz. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with the collective bargaining lawsuit. Um, what were the unions that, that filed the suit, and, and what are people hoping to achieve? Well, a number of unions uh, filed the suit. Um, AFSCME, SEIU, the Teamsters, WEAC, AFT, um, and, and locals within those unions as well. Um, and... What it's about, uh, obviously, was Act 10. For the listeners that don't know about Act 10, that was passed back in 2011. And it was actually Valentine's Day, February 14th, uh, where it was first introduced. And it was a union-busting legislation. Um, and it was kind of taking, attacking just the public sector workers. Um, this was done by Republican, former Republican Governor Scott Walker and the Republican legislature. Um, you know, there were about 50 protesters at the governor's mansion right away as one of the first protests, along with little protests all over the state of Wisconsin and small towns and, and large alike. And, and then, of course, the occupation occurred about a day later um, at the state capitol and and um, it, it culminated into about 100,000 protesters or, or more at the state capitol building. Um, and then about a month later, within about a month, um, they did pass the bill stripping away those rights of public sector workers. Um, and it was designed specifically to punish um, worker organizations, unions that opposed Walker's policies. Um, and it did not punish um some of the other unions that specifically a couple that had endorsed him or necessarily didn't oppose him as much. Um, so, you know, the, the gist of this then, from my understanding, and I'm not a lawyer, is that uh, the argument, uh, the legal argument, is that Act 10 violates the state's equal protection clause um, of the Wisconsin Constitution. Um and that's because they created a new classification of employees, uh, which had never been recognized before. And that is uh, general employees versus public, uh, public safety employees. They, they created these new definitions. And what they did was um, they harmed uh, and severely impaired what they called the general employees, while the public safety employees uh, have the right to negotiate wages, benefits, working conditions. The All of the other employees are prohibited from negotiating anything beyond a, a cost-of-living uh, wage increase. Not only that, they also require the general employees, the public sector workers, uh, outside of what they define as public safety, um, uh, to run these costly annual certification campaigns, which means they have to, um, if to certify as a union they need to uh, have an elect uh, to certify. They have to go through this campaign every year um, to recertify. And they also said that a, a, someone who doesn't vote is automatically considered a no vote. Uh, kind of interesting how 
um, not a single Republican legislator would ever get elected if they had that um, standard for them. And and another thing they did um, was due deduction. So the general uh, safety work, uh, the general workers, um, general employees, defined as general, uh, could not ha- uh, were denied the right to have their union dues deducted while public safety workers were allowed to do that from their paychecks. So those were the things that they did um, uh, under this, uh, you know, and and that's that's um, what the gist of the argument is. Uh, in terms of of being treated equally. And in the interim, some uh, unions have sort of reorganized under different models where uh, they're working directly with elected officials to get um, benefits uh, adopted outside of a collective bargaining framework. Um, What is the advantage of collect... If this lawsuit is successful, what will happen to those efforts? And uh, is there a preference between... um, Collect a collective bargaining contract and say an employee benefit handbook. What's the distinction between those, and why is one better than another? Yeah, and, and um, so unions took different routes um, when it came to um, how they were going to respond at the ground level. Um, so some of them recertify every year, and and some of them did not. What they all do uh, is meet and confer. And so, because they have to, because none of them can bargain over any workplace conditions. That's, that's safety conditions for themselves or for the public that they serve, by the way. You know, Act 10 compromised that as well. Um, so, so just lay it out there right away that even though they took different routes in terms of certification, um, they still have to meet and confer over of, of everything but one issue. The certified unions can bargain up to the COLA, basically, the cost of living increase for their wage increase. Um, but they all meet and confer otherwise. And so, you know, if, if, if this case is won all the way through, and it might take a year to three years, what it would do is it would remove the annual recertification, it would restore all the collective bargaining rights, and it would restore the payroll dues deduction. Um, or, or possibly partial, depending upon how the court would rule. I'm not, like I said, a legal expert on that part. But the difference then is that when you have a collective bargaining contract, it is a contract. Um, yes, it, it, it's helpful to have the uh, say in the process with meet and confer, but nothing's really contractual. It's just up to the employer if the employer is willing to. And that means you have to make sure in the public side of the public side of things that you have to be able to uh, make sure that you have a, a board that's willing to work with you, a county exec that's working, willing to work with you. And we know that just doesn't happen uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin. Um, so you've got some uh, areas like Dane County and the city of Madison School District where it's a, it's a little bit better, but there's still a lot of bumps in the road as, as uh, it doesn't mean that necessarily – um, you're going to have a friendly administration or a friendly board or, or city council or certainly not one that's going to advocate for you necessarily. Um, uh, and you certainly, what we do know that we don't see that elsewhere in the state of Wisconsin um, in large numbers for uh, public sector workers that work in many other towns, cities, school districts, um, and counties. And we, we don't see that as much, obviously, in, in the university system. Um, or 
for that matter, in, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, so, um, did that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's terrific. Let's uh, let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, the South Central Federation of Labor does is uh, provide support and assistance for uh, labor actions that are occurring around the state. We've heard uh, there's been a lot of activity in the past year regarding uh, forming of unions, but that next step of sort of getting that contract. Uh, seems to be a, a, a little more difficult. We've seen that with uh, Starbucks, and uh, there have been a lot of recent successes uh, with uh, the United Auto Workers and Teamsters uh, settling some major major uh, job actions and strikes where people had walked out. Um, what's the current status of uh, of labor actions in Wisconsin? Are there people still out on the picket lines, and uh, who are they, and how can people uh, find out more? <laughs> Well, there is there's a lot going on. We have record amount of interest in terms of organizing into unions for the for the, for workers who've never been in a union at their workplace, and we've seen that. You know, when we had five or six a couple years ago, I was told by my predecessor's predecessor that that was a record. We had doubled that number in a month, double that number again, and then by the end of the year, and now we're I don't know, we must be at over fifty. Um, um, organizing interest in leads and of course some of them you've heard about some of them are still private because those workers haven't gone public and some of them have won um, through uh, obviously struggle and I'm going to give you an example of one uh, that's success story and how the Labor Council South Central Federation Labor plays into this so some group of workers came to my office uh, came to my office they were fantasy game uh, uh, players um, noble night games so they they sell some of the game they, they sell these fantasy games like Dungeons and Dragons and so forth and they had a lead they came in uh, they contacted me actually because it was uh, I had used to play and one of them knew this um, and they wanted to form a union uh, we mapped the workplace with them uh, we mapped the employer uh, we had them organize and set up an organizing committee and and then kind of figure out who they're going to go to next. I won't get into all of it, but we really helped them for months um, before they even chose a union. So we helped them lay down uh, the groundwork um, and did a lot of work uh, for the initial steps of organizing. Um, by the time a, a local did um, was chosen by those workers, um, uh, they had uh, an employer who had hired an anti-union law firm um, but within about a month, uh, within less than a year of the date they had contacted me, the employer voluntarily recognized the workers because of the pressure campaign that those workers conducted as well as with us supporting them uh, and the community supporting them. Within a year of that, they have their first contract, um, which is really unheard of because uh, as you mentioned, some of the places like Starbucks have not. That, that's obviously a much bigger entity, uh, multinational corporation. Um, but others have not either, and there's progress. So you, you've heard of Sourdough Bakery, who also uh, voted yes for a union, and that's taken a little longer, um, but we have support there. Um, and the communities come out and support in all these actions. They've come out, as you know, we had Starbucks, we've had Sourdough Bakery, um, we've had Colectivo who got their first contract. I could go down the list of all of them. Um, so there's steps along the way. So we're involved in every step, um, whether it be the initial 
um, organizing lead, whether it be the laying down the groundwork until they choose a union, whether it be sitting down with the union once they chose it with the workers in the union and so forth and the organizers and figuring out kind of how we fit in to support them um, and that strategic planning. And then also publicizing where, as you mentioned, where everyone else, your listeners and everyone else can come in and help. And the best way to find out for that is to get on our website and sign up for our email blast, which sends out those messages of what you can do to help workers when they're in need, your fellow community members and workers. And that's www.scfl.org. And then finally, uh, we had a really disturbing incident um, a couple weeks ago where they about 20 members of the group Blood Tribe, which is uh, uh, fronted by Christopher Pullhouse, a main uh, US, former U.S. Marine, and he's now a white supremacist uh, leader and apparently was one of the people marching on the Capitol there. And um, the organized labor has had a long history of opposition to uh, fascism and uh, wondering if Scuffle had any uh, particular comments about the recent Blood Tribe march. Yeah, we had a delegates meeting uh, the Monday after, and at the delegates meeting we made a motion, and it was passed unanimously to condemn uh, the march and, and, and the Nazis and the fascist uh, fascism, but specifically that Nazi group as well. Um, and um, I, I, you know, let's just say this, this, and the reason we did this was because we have to stop them right away. If you, you brought up this rich history in, in Germany, obviously we know about Nazi Germany and, and in Italy, they were uh, conducting a war on unions in the 1920s. And it was with the support of the corporate entities because they saw the union as, as uh, their enemy as well. And they did nothing but support the Nazis. Um, uh, for decades uh, leading up to World War II. So, uh, and they killed union members. They imprisoned, they killed, they, they made it illegal, they banned independent trade unions. Um, so we know the history in terms of fascism and, and neo-Nazism and Nazism uh, when it comes to unions. And obviously um, their uh, recent rhetoric when it comes to their homophobia and transphobia their anti-Semitism, the racism, the sexism. Um, so let's get to what happened in Madison. Um, you said 20 people, or I think it was around 20 people that showed up. But the, prior to Madison, let's also say this. They arrived in Hudson, Wisconsin. They arrived in Waterton, Wisconsin. They've been to Wisconsin before at Pride events and carrying rifles. And, and their motto is there will be, or their chant, their main chant is there will be blood, blood, blood. This group is more militant. It's hyper-masculine, right? They don't allow female members and things like this. They consider the Proud Boys weak um, and in their terms effeminate. They um, are hardcore white supremacist group and they have a radicalization. They, they only accept, uh, they go through this pipeline they call it, you know, that, that they only they, you have to go through all these steps to get to get there. Um, they're preparing for probably some sort of war, um, and they'll probably create a havoc, uh, is what they'd like to do. And they're also a little out there. Uh, this Polhas character is thinks that 
Adolf Hitler is like divine or godlike. He actually thinks that he's an incarnation of what he calls Wotan. I won't get into that, but it's it's way out there. Um, and you know, when you have these strongly held beliefs, uh, you know, you're capable of, of uh, doing things that are violent, and and that's the history of of these groups. Right. So we take that seriously, and we don't want them in in Madison, and we don't want them in Wisconsin. All right, we've been speaking with Kevin Gunlock of the South Central Federation of Labor. Thanks so much for joining us on the 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you.